0: Good morning, I'm Brittany. I'm the children's director of kids Zone, And Jesse and I are gonna be doing three-ish things. Yes, so the first one is stellar. Uh, so this is our new kids camp for the summer. Super excited for it. Uh, it's all about space, we're blasting off, and just gonna learn about shining Jesus light. Uh, so that will be happening July 10th to 14th in the evenings, uh, so just save the date, um, if you're able to come out to it and help or have the kids come, um, it's really going to be a great time, so in the coming weeks I'll be putting out some requests for that, uh, so just come to me if you have any questions about that at all.
1: And if you're, is this on? If, well, well, yeah, Okay. If you're considering that at all, totally worth it. It's so much fun to come and see the kids um, and celebrate with others of who Jesus is, being able to teach them and be an example for that. So definitely consider that, put that on the calendar. Um, <laughs> um, and the other thing, as for myself as Director of Community Outreach, I am looking to be plugging in our congregation all of you um, with areas in the community we here at new life yeah we have some of our own ministries but we don't think that we need to come up with everything all ourselves and create new ministries to be plugged in with We know that there are lots of resources in town already, and so I would love to help navigate that and connect people with what's going on. Um, As part of that, I know that a bunch of you are already serving, are already volunteering and doing things, um, and I would love to hear about it. So even if you think that maybe I've already heard about whatever you're involved in, um, maybe you think, oh, everyone knows about the Basket Society, great. I still want to hear about it. I want to hear your perspective. I want to hear what you're up to, that kind of thing. And that way, I can help encourage others. I can understand more about different ways to navigate, that kind of thing. So if you're involved in any capacity in the Cowichan Valley, please connect with me. I'd love to hear about it. Um, And with that, actually, our youth are going to kind of expand a little bit more on that as they share about their Guatemala trip and what's going on next. And with that, we'll turn it over to a video of their trip.
2: Those videos take me back so, like, <laughs> um, I'm gonna actually invite the Guatemala team up because we're gonna do a little something special with our scripture reading today. So, when we were in Guatemala, uh, we did a VBS and we would tell Bible stories. And we would tell them, well, we didn't speak the same language, so we had to be creative. We would act them out. So, we figured it'd be fun with all our kids in the audience here today. And since we have to do a scripture reading, to act it out for you guys today. So please enjoy, laugh, have fun as we do today's scripture reading.
3: Um, I'm reading from John 20, verses 11 to 18. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. "'Dear woman, why are you crying?' Jesus asked her. "'Who are you looking for?' She thought he was the gardener. "'Sir,' she said, "'if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, "'and I will go get him.' "'Mary,' Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, "'Rabboni,' which is Hebrew for teacher.' Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. The word of the Lord.
2: When we did that in Guatemala, oftentimes you'd read a section and we'd pause as it was being interpreted two different ways into Spanish than a shield. So that was a lot quicker run. Thank you guys. You can take a seat. Um, Simon, I'm going to invite you up.
4: Thank you very much. That's great. Um, Good news. It would seem that we are um, growing again as a church. Last week, last Easter Sunday, we had two services and it was, you know, it was, it was busy, it was tight. This morning, um, it's, it's tight as well. And so Gordon has added in a whole bunch of chairs so that we can, we can squeeze in, right? It's good. But, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but my knees, I can't actually stretch my knees out a little bit this morning. We want room to grow, we want room to continue growing and so I've got some good news for us that um, after consultation with the staff and with the band, we are going to go back to two services on a Sunday morning, Yo. yeah, okay, good, thank you. Now the option, what do you do if you want to grow, you expand, we either knock the walls out. And say, okay, we're going to expand the room or we're going to go to two services. So we felt for now was two services was the, was the option going forward. That, hey, that might be a thing in the future. Who knows? But for now, uh, that's what we're going to be exploring. Um, we want to grow, don't we? We want to invite people. We want to see people coming to Christ. And that it, it requires us to have a bit more space on a Sunday. But um, that is going to start in May so we're gonna dry run that in May it's gonna be a soft run now I'm on, I'm told I've only been here three weeks right I don't even know how island life works yet but I'm told that come May vacation starts and people start going on holidays for three or four months so we <laughs> it's like a thing here you go camping till September. And so we want to just dry run it. You know, how does it work? What's it going to look like? Make sure we do it well. And if come June and the sun comes out and everyone else goes on holiday, then we'll just have uh, a rest. We'll go back to one service. That's fine, right? And and enjoy the worship together as one family because we're one church. And that's the plan. But if things continue to grow and you know we need to stay at two services we will do that so we're just letting you know we're going to just try it out and see how it goes uh, but launch it really well in September is that okay with everybody good praise God if it's not okay come and see me at the end and uh, they're tough because that's what's going to happen anyhow <laughs> but we need your help we need your help so We want to make sure that we are continuing to grow as one church, as one family. We we don't want to split our congregation. So we're going to work really hard to make sure that we continue to mingle together and everything else like that. But so um, coffee and tea after the end of the service, in the middle of the two, we're going to do that. So we need your help. We need you to sign up to a couple of things. First of all, hospitality. So Marita is going to be uh, overseeing um, the welcome team the ushers on the doors, making sure that we are connecting with one another. If you feel that you've got a gift for hospitality and you're welcoming and you've got a smile on your face and you're a good connector, see Marita and she will, uh, you know, join her team. But we need help in other areas as well, kids work. Our children's work will only be for the first service. The nine o'clock service, we'll be doing our children and youth work. Um, But we need volunteers. If you want to help with the children's work, then Brittany's the person that we, she's going to be overseeing. She needs help. But we also need other help as well. Um, coffee. Sheila Batty is fantastic in developing her team. We're going to serve, we're going to serve you drip coffee from the hatch on a morning. If you want a free coffee, it's going to be there. You get a welcome, you get a coffee. But also, we've got the, the Brew Life coffee as well. And so if you want to serve tea and coffee, please, is the person that you're going to be seeing. So at the end of the service, Alana has got some sign-up sheets. If you want to be in hospitality or tea or coffee or do children's work, there's a sign-up sheet there, uh, and that'd be great. Otherwise, if you see me coming toward you, it could be I'm going to rope you into doing a job going forward. So get roped in or sign up. It's up to you. Either way, we need your help. But this is good news. And praise God. But we encourage you to bring a friend, to tell someone about Jesus and bring them along. Uh, We've already seen, um, just encouragement, we've seen um, two people give their lives to Christ this week. And um, we, praise God, right? And people want to get baptized. So we're going to be having a baptism service soon. Uh, We want to see more of this. We want to see people giving their their lives to Jesus Christ. And so, um... Praise God. Pray. Keep praying for that. Let me pray. We're going to sing. Uh, send our children out now. Isn't this wonderful to see the kids, by the way, running around? Just there dancing to the worship songs. I wish I had the confidence and the, uh, the freedom to dance when they're singing worship like these kids. But um, the children, we're going to go now. You're going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. If you can tell me all of the fruit of the Spirit at the end of the service Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Is that it? Yes, nailed it. If you can tell me that at the end, I will make sure Isaac gives you a treat um, at the end. So where's Isaac? Be ready for some treats, okay? He's not here. We'll, We'll figure it out next week. Let's pray for the kids as they go, and then we'll continue with the service this morning. Almighty God, Lord, we just thank you that we have children in the church. We thank you for the gift of your building where we can all come together as one family. And Lord, Heavenly Father, as we consider going to do services, I pray that we continue growing as one family in you. Lord, we are united in Christ, but I pray that we continue to grow in our harmony with each other within the New Life community. I pray for the children that they're able to learn so much about you and your love for them. And that they are just excited to be here. So we thank you for new life. We thank you that we have new life in Jesus Christ. And we pray that these young people just really find their home here. We pray these things in your glorious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
2: This is great that I'm on and y'all get to hear me direct them. It's so great. Perfect. There you go. All right. So I wanted to give opportunity for all of them to kind of share. um, And I've sent them a few questions to just help guide us. And so we're actually going to have, Nevaeh has a mic, so she gets to start us off. (laughs) You pick that, I put you in that seat is really what it is. Nevaeh, can you share, and then we're going to actually pass it down, all three of you are going to answer this question first. Um, Can you share with us? how you encountered Jesus when we were in Guatemala.
5: Um, So when we were on the trip, I actually saw Jesus through Seth and Lucas probably the most, because on the bus, um, a few of us had like really deep talks with Seth during the really long bus rides. And then (laughs) um, Lucas, he was talking about, in our debrief, how he was like, Confident that he can say that he's a follower of Christ, and that was definitely like so- somewhere that I saw Jesus in.
6: Um, for me, I saw I saw lots of the people on our in our team come alive with the kids, but more specifically, Ivan. When when the kids were around, he just he lit up, and it was like he did such a good job at loving on all of them and, and, and just being a, a good friend, like, yeah.
0: Well, I was also gonna say the people in our group, but I'm gonna switch it up and say the people in the community. Um, they were so hospitable to us and like, even though they didn't have much to give, they would make sure that we felt welcomed and had a place to sit and could just really communicate with them through our translators and yeah.
2: Perfect. Um, John, Gordon, and Kaya, can you share um, what experience was unexpected and how did that affect you?
3: Um, Yeah, I think for me, going into the trip, I knew that I was kind of going as a chaperone, so I, I kind of expected That throughout the trip, I wasn't gonna be, um, I was not gonna be so much focused on myself and more sort of like, sort of catering the experience for the youth. But as a chaperone, I got so much out of the experience. I got so much out of the relationships there. And I think um, it really just surprised me how much there was there for me to get out of it, even though in my mind I was kind of there for others. There was so much that I personally took away from the relationships and the experience. And frankly, even so much that the youth um, were able to teach me about joy and about service to kids and all that stuff. So for me, there was it was the learning and just how much, yeah, just how much I got out of it.
7: Uh, for me, the the big thing that I got was I um, travelled to the U.S. three years ago and was banned from ever going back there again. Um, it's a long story. <laughs> Um, It's taken three years for God to show me why that was the case Uh, and I was very fortunate to chaperone both Kaya and Nevea through Mexico City because I have to travel through Mexico to get to Guatemala, everyone else can go through the US. Um, Just a a last minute thing that happened, so that to me was the the big thing that I was shown. It was literally Uh,
2: 24 hours before we left. We were pre-checking everyone in, and we couldn't check them in, and we're like, what's wrong? And their tickets got canceled. And so we had to, 24 minutes before we leave, had to buy new tickets for them, and the only flight we could get was with Gordon. So God knew. Mm -hmm.
8: I have a few. Um, They're kind of small. One of them was, yeah, coming, getting on into the car after school and flights being canceled, that was terrifying. But another one was, this is also kind of small, like I was, my mom went to Guatemala a few years ago and she said that there was double translating for everything. And it just surprised me that it didn't, we didn't really double translate that much. Like most of the kids knew Spanish And that was just surprising. And everyone was so happy. And that was cool. That was definitely cool.
2: Um, Lucas and Ivan, can you tell us one story? This wasn't one of the questions I'm throwing you in. One story that stands out that you want to share with everyone. I'm pretty sure Ivan can go first. (laughs)
9: Yeah. Um, So it was the first day, and we get into this... um, what would I call it? Just it's like, just a big room. We're, first day we're in a cool, sorry. First day in a cool where we show up and we're going to do a VBS in this like big classroom. And all the kids start coming in and they're a little shy and there's these balloons. And me and Gordon are sitting there and we're blowing them up off the side. And the kids like see balloons and automatically they're coming over trying to take them. And a few of them got balloons ahead of time. And then after the devotional and... All the games that we played, we went into, uh, we did like stations. And one of the stations finished early, so we were playing with the balloons, and then one of the kids points at a few of us and yells, (laughs) pinata! And (laughs) there there was probably like 30 kids in the room and they all take their balloons and they come over to us one at a time and just start beating us with the balloons. (laughs) And so that was, one, probably one of my favorite moments because they'd go around just hitting every every one of us, and yeah, that was really cool.
2: And like the days to follow, every time they'd see Ivan, they'd be like, "Pinata Ivan!" <laughs> everywhere. So he became Pinata Ivan. Yeah, Lucas.
10: That was that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
10: Um, hmm. A story. I think. I guess I'll talk about the waterfall. That was a cool one. Yeah. So uh, one of the days, I can't remember which one. It was one of the days of the week. uh, We went to a waterfall. It was a private waterfall. It was pretty cool. Um, Yeah, it was just basically this really big waterfall that we went to. And we all went swimming. And uh, I don't know. And then Alicia called us to go behind the waterfall. That was pretty cool. And um, then she said, that we would, you know, climb up this one rock that was behind one of the bigger ones, or beside it. And uh, I climbed down because I didn't realize how deep it was. But Seth and Alicia went down, uh, jumped down. But that was pretty cool. I don't really know. Nothing really comes to mind when it comes to stories right now.
2: (laughs) Um, We're going to actually have you start off with the next one. And y'all are going to get to share this one. I want you to tell me and share with everyone, uh, what's the one thing that you are going to hold on to as we move forward, as we respond to how the trip changed our life?
10: Um, well, we, when we first walked into a cool, uh we just walked past the school, and there's a big group of kids smiling and saying hi. And that was a really cool se- uh, a cool part of the trip. And, um, yeah, people smiling, the kids. It was contagious to their joy, and uh, it's something I'll hold a- close to my heart for the rest of my life. What was the question again?
2: (laughs) (laughs) What will be the one thing you will always hold on to from this trip?
9: Oh. um, Just one thing. (laughs) Okay. um, I think an experience and, like, a moment that I will definitely always hold on to was just any time that I was with the kids. Like, it's... I think it was Sarah who brought up seeing Jesus in the community and the kids. When I was hanging out with them, it just was so clear that none of them were trying to be selfish and there was no fighting. It was all just, like, let's all hang out together. Like, during one of the days we were working and when we were on break, all the kids would come over and they'd just be like this big group and we'd all be playing together and You'd be standing there with them, and one of, one of them would walk up, and they'd pull a banana out of their pocket, half mush, and give it to you, and you couldn't say no, so you're walking around with a couple of bananas in your pocket, and that was that was a really funny moment that I will remember for a long time, and I think <laughs> one of the biggest uh, things that I will take away from this trip is like letting go, and just being real in your relationship with God, and letting go of things that are holding you back and trusting in that, and i that's been really hard for me for a really long time, and it still is, but that's something that I will, thinking back upon this trip, will always remember as like a lesson.
8: I just had one, and now it's gone. Can you come
0: back to me? Sarah. Um, yeah, so... One thing was how simple they lived cuz they didn't have much money to buy really anything but the necessities. So I think what I'm going to take back is just to remember like you don't need that much to like have a joyful life because they lived their life um to the fullest even with the little that they had or with like five of them sleeping in a room that's like not even half the size of the stage and like just how they could have so much joy and could be so full with so little.
6: Um, like, I saw Alicia cry, but that's, that's nothing new anymore. Um, I think she's cried in front of the church once or twice. But it, it was different because we were at a home visit, and this mother was uh, pouring out her, her heart, telling us the, the, the story of her, her son um, in a shield. And Alicia was, could understand what she was saying by, by watching her the way she said things and the, the expression on her face. And then um, Alicia got it like on the head, like what she was saying. Um, and then she, uh, she said through the translators that she understood the pain and then they hugged and cried for a while uh, but I, I like seeing the, that weakness and vulnerability that alicia has been trying to teach me for like the past year. Uh, I like seeing that that' shown uh, in such a such a real way.
5: Um, so one of the little girls at the um, the VBS, her name was Kaylee. And the first day she was like, kind of following me around everywhere and like going to give me high fives and stuff. But then like, as the week went on, she would just run up to me as soon as she saw me and gave me a hug or she'd like braid my hair and stuff. And so like connecting with Kaylee was definitely my highlight
8: of the week. Mm, Something I'll like remember is when we went to visit their sp- our sponsor kids, like, that was amazing. And yeah, I'll just remember it for always, hopefully. <laughs> so, it's your turn.
7: Um, I can't believe it's just one thing. One-ish things. Like, we do three-ish things, so similar to that. Eh? Um, the One thing was the change in Akul. So just the, the change in that community in the four years since I was there. <clears throat> um, one other thing is the change in the group that went down there. It was phenomenal to see that. and And to the point where we took their cell phones off them, as you know, and didn't allow them, even on their birthdays. (laughs) (laughs)
11: Um,
7: And when we went to um, Antigua, Guatemala, which was like a a tourist day, every one of our group came up to me at one point and said, people here don't speak to you like they do in cool. So in cool we'd be smiling and saying hello and good morning, good afternoon, whatever, and getting it wrong. Uh, and everyone would smile, everyone would smile. In Antigua, people were on their phones and with their heads down, and I don't think anyone looked at us. So that would be the one-ish things.
3: Um, For me, uh, because we were going into um, a materially impoverished area, I kind of expected at one point of the trip for this, like. You know, it kind of hit me in this really, really sad way, kind of this wave of hopelessness, like, oh, man, this is such a big problem. There's so much pain here. But that never really happened. And I think that um, it can be really, really easy to get very cynical and to get very hopeless about sort of the state of these big problems that we try and work, sort of work against. But I really, um, it really struck me just the, the sense of possibility and just even piggybacking on what you said, Gordon, like how much change has happened in that community from what I've heard from... From you guys like I really do feel a greater sense of possibility for change um in church and in the things that we're trying to do that was for me
2: Catherine's gonna close this out so for those that don't know Catherine actually went year one to a cool and so for her to be there year one with this partnership and then year six were with them um it was so like even Gordon he went four years ago but even from that year one to four to six it Seen it through their eyes it was really cool. So she's going to just wrap us up
12: with. Okay, but first I'm going to say what I, where I saw God. Again, one thing is ridiculous, but I get That's fine. Um, in the team, in these kids, um, there was an environment created for them to be safe, to step out of their comfort zones. They were supported in that, and they embraced it, every single one of them. Now I'm going to cry because it was phenomenal watching these kids step into what was hard for them and embrace it and be real and be vulnerable because we don't do that well, and they did it every day really well. It was really something to see. That's a good thing, you guys. Keep it up, okay? Anyway, okay, a cool, Um, (laughs) a cool. So I went twice within a couple of months, six years ago. There's some practical things that are very different and then there's some esoteric things that I saw. Um, The esoteric things, we talked a lot before we went, I don't know if you guys remember, but we talked about how there had been civil war for a long time and there was a lot of pain, as John said. Um, And eyes were hurting and painful and there were a lot of, in the older generations, there were a lot of dead eyes. Six years ago, I never saw that this time. I saw hope, I saw life, and I saw possibility. Um, The main street of the town was a sea of muck six years ago. It was impossible to navigate. It is now paved with a central median with trees in it. Um, There are restaurants. There is building happening. Um, I spent a lot of time at the health center with midwives the first time I went because that's my passion. This time I spent a little bit of time with the director of the health center who's been there for seven years. Um, That community had a huge um, percentage of chronic malnutrition, especially among their children. They now have none. There is not a single child in that community who is designated malnourished. It's amazing. They, um, They still have some that are underweight when they're young but they can deal with that very easily. I saw gardens everywhere. We saw very few. They were just starting when I was there before. They are everywhere. They all have gardens. There are community gardens. There's an enormous greenhouse. The women's savings and loans groups have thrived. They now have a cascade group that plans things, and they run businesses. And you can see it everywhere you go in that community. Um, Babies again, were a big thing for me. They had huge prematurity, they had huge issues. Um, They now have basically none. Um, Their children are born at good birth weight for the most part, and if they're not, they're on it and they deal with it, and it's not a problem anymore. They have way more um, stuff in their pharmacy than they used to have. They've added a whole wing to their health center, yeah. There's a lot that's very, very different. The FH program works beautifully. I was so impressed and so happy. And there's, the school's bigger. And like somebody said, way more people speak Spanish than a shield than they used to because it's, it's been something they've worked on.
2: Yeah, that health clinic, um, it's really cool. Before, FH had a hand in helping it, and now FH doesn't because it's fully funded by the government now which is huge, so then that's like entering them into that next stage of being able to graduate. They have a full-time doctor, they have like four RN nurses, I think,
12: like... They have an extra midwife, they have seven midwives in that community. Which wasn't there before, so that's really cool. The, oh, the one other thing is, when we were there before, the midwives didn't have anywhere near what they needed to actually deliver babies, they just went in and did it. All they When I asked them what they needed, they wanted rubber aprons to cover their clothing so that they didn't get covered in stuff. Um, Now they have absolutely everything they need. They need nothing. Every woman gets a package when her babies are born, so she has what she needs for a newborn. They have 100% breastfeeding rate. They used to have about 50. It's now 100. It's amazing. Yeah. So that's just
2: a little bit. We really encourage you guys to come find us. Ask us questions. We can only do so much, and we're still unpacking. Like, hearing some of the stories just now, I was triggered, I was remembered of something else, and it's just gonna continue to be that way. Um, But yeah, we wanna just say thank you for your support, for your prayer, and continue to ask us. That is it, guys. Um, If you haven't picked up yet, I've been up a few times. I'm Alicia, I'm the director of youth ministry here. (laughs) Um, and I am just gonna, um, open up the word. Uh, we are... Actually, no. (laughs) Sorry, I got sidetracked. There it happens. I have a favorite donut store. It is Up Island, and it's called Bigfoot Donuts. And I love these donuts. And my youth, you've heard me talk about these donuts a few times. And I like to tell anyone, and clearly everyone, about these donuts. my theory about what a good donut is is that they can make an original donut, so nothing fancy, it's just a classic brioche glazed dip donut. And and I want people to experience it because it's so good. I'm sorry to my gluten-free friends. I know there's a few of you sitting over here. You can't try these really good donuts. But for those that would want to, Bigfoot donuts. And see I tell you this because it's within us to share our experiences. This morning, that's what just happened with the students. They shared their experience, especially when it's good, because we want you to encounter that goodness. And I know it's just a donut, but really, it's, it's leading into, it's the analogy to what this new series is. So we're going on to this series about encounters. And the encounters that these people have experienced um, were life-changing. It was more than a donut. Um, Because these people encountered the resurrected Jesus. They encountered the Messiah who had died and rose again. And so we get a look today at the first person who encountered Jesus, and that was Mary Magdalene. Uh, And her story actually appears in all four Gospels. And it's really significant that her story appears not only in all four Gospels, but that she was the first one to encounter Jesus. It's significant because it points towards the truth, the credibility of the story. See, at the time, Jews, no Jewish person in their right mind, would even make up a story or tell a story that required a woman to be the primary witness. That was just, like, unheard of. So when a woman was the person who witnessed Jesus' Jesus's body alive out of this tomb, everyone's like, well, it has to be true because no one would make something up like that. And so that's like, Jesus knew what he was doing when he's like, I'm going to encounter Mary first. Now, Jesus encounters people as they are where they are. And in those counter encounters, There's always a purpose, an opportunity for us to respond. See, Mary first encountered Jesus as a woman who was broken, and she experienced healing. Then she encountered Jesus at the cross, where she saw him die and cry out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Is that something Simon had talked about last week from Psalms 22? She was there. But then she got to encounter the joy of seeing her Messiah. She got to see the risen Messiah. So as we look at this passage, I have three observations I want us to walk away with. And hopefully uh, God will speak to you. He will use me in this. The first is, Mary had forgotten. When we look at verse 11... Um, to 13, it says Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in dear woman why are you crying? the angel asks her she was so stuck in her grief that she, she didn't see anything else she saw an empty tomb and she thought her Messiah was stolen the body wasn't there to the point that when Jesus came to her and said, Dear woman, why are you crying? She didn't even see him. She had that tunnel vision. She was so focused on her own grief, she forgot. She forgot the promise. In Luke, and Luke also records this, and the angels say to her, Remember what he told you back in Galilee. Nope, she'd forgotten. What was going on in front of her right now was all that mattered, and it was an empty tomb. Not the promise of what that empty tomb meant. I get like that sometimes. I forget. I forget uh, that my king has made promises, that God has made promises to me and to you, that he'll never leave us, that he'll never abandon us, that he is always with us, and that he will use us when we walk with him. In fact, yesterday, I was woke up in the morning. My sermon and all of that was all prepped. Um, But I woke up, and insecurity had hit me. And I was like, oh, crap, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why did I say yes? Uh," And I was regretting it. To the point all day, I was like, maybe, Lord, can I just be like violently ill? And then I can call Simon and be like, sorry, Simon, I can't do this. Um, All throughout the day, that insecurity was building. And I had forgotten And chatting with my husband at the end of the night, because that's when you finally have those conversations, right? Um, I was talking to him. I messaged Alana, and I messaged my best friend, and they started praying for me, and Alana, like, sent me this song to listen to, and I was, like, on my couch crying, because that's what I do now. And (laughs) eating a chocolate bar and praising Jesus, (laughs) it was quite a moment, y'all. See, I forgot who he is and the promises he's made. As it said there, I saw an empty tomb and thought someone stole his body instead of seeing the resurrected Messiah. But man, God is so good. And he reminded me of that. And that's where we come to point two, Mary heard. Thank goodness Mary didn't stick in the not seeing him. Thank goodness that story continues on. So Jesus did say, dear woman, where are you? And she didn't see him. And then he says, at verse 16, in John 20, Mary, Jesus said. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher. She heard her name. See, Mary was one of the few women that journeyed with Jesus and her disciples, his disciples. And in that journey, and she probably heard her name. And so it was familiar to her. So when he called out her name, there was that familiarity. And if previously, if you flip to John 10, Jesus even talks about this. At John 10, he says, Oh, sorry, I thought I had it, but nah. <laughs> he says, I tell you the truth. The sheep will know my voice and they will come when I call them. She was probably there when he was giving this teach. And so when Jesus called out her name, she saw her rabbi, she saw her teacher, she saw her shepherd. And she responded. That's my third point. Which, if we get to it, I did write something wrong up in my slide, so everyone who wants to tell me that I did wrong spelling, you can tell me later, I know. But Mary responded. Now, I like to tell my kids um, there's a difference between hearing and listening. You can hear noises, but to be able to listen, that's the response of what you were hearing. So Mary heard her name being called and she chose to respond. She heard him call her name, and she clung to him. I actually have a story about this. This past Tuesday, at the dinner table, we like to sit um, and go around and share our highlights, slash our gratitudes of the day. My son has an issue with listening. He, he's so focused on, like, dessert, we're going to play. So he doesn't listen. <laughs> is really what it is. And so oftentimes, we're like, why Eli? What did mommy just say? And we have him repeat it back to help him practice his listening skills, as parents like to do, right? Um, And so it means sharing time goes a little longer. And we always have him, if he wasn't listening, we say, he has to say, sorry, mama, I wasn't listening. Can you please share your story with me again? And so get around, and everyone gets up to Lee's. I'm like, wait, guys, we didn't Here's Steve's story. I was caught. I was hearing, not listening to Steve tell his highlight. He was the first to go. And White's like, Mama, he already shared. I'm like, Oh. And he's like, What do you say? (laughs) Like, Don't you love it when your kids repeat stuff back to you? I said, Sorry, Steve, I wasn't listening. Can you please share again? We often get like that with God. He calls our name. He has promises for us. That we aren't always listening. We allow the noises of the world. We allow the noises of our device or the distractions of the to-do list or the school homework or the school sports, whatever. That list builds And it is muting out the one voice that matters. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's you don't know the voice. So spend time with that person. Spend time with your king. Because he is talking to you. He is encountering you everywhere. there's this action also that Mary does that's part of the response. See, so she clings to him, and he says, don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended. He needed to ascend because he, in him ascending, that meant his helper was with us. That had to happen. He's like, and I need you to go and tell my brothers. Go and tell everyone. There is an action that was required. She could have stayed clinging, but that wasn't what was needed. There was two parts of that listening. And so Mary did. Mary responded. She responded with joy. She clung and then let go and allowed for that new peace to come. My question is, has God Have you encountered Jesus in a way and he is now asking you to do something and maybe there is a piece of letting go because there needs to be something else to come. See, these students, they're up here and they got to share their story. And I didn't quite share mine because I figured I'd save it for here. But what I encountered when I was in Guatemala Was brothers and sisters in Christ. Clearly, I'm tearing up. (laughs) There's this lady named Vicky, and she was the children's ministry. Like, she's not a children's ministry director, but she was one of the main teachers that works with all the different schools within the area. And when she stands up there and talks to the kids in the shield, she just shines light. And she and all these kids are just so excited to hear her. And she's talking about the memory verse, and the kids are repeating it back. And in that, I'm like, I see you, Jesus. Because you live in each one of these kids, just as you live in me. And so I encountered him through those people. And I got to see the bigger church. I got to see God in a bigger view. And it changed me. There's this um, Franciscan monk, his name is Richard Rohr, and he says that we are all cosmically connected because we are all made in the image of Christ. I got to experience that. And it was so good. So I encountered Jesus. And yeah, there's times I forget, but thank goodness he is good. And he reminds me. And he calls my name. And so I get to hear him. And when I hear him, I get to move into that response of listening. And going. Guys, I challenge you this morning. Don't sit in that forgetting. It's going to cause more pain to you and probably the people around you. Hear your voice because it is being called. And then step forward. I'm going to read Luke's account of this story. At Luke 24, 5-3. to And I'm just going to end with that. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered. And here it is, guys. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. God, I thank you. I thank you that we can remember, that you call our names, and that you tell us to go. May we step out in that, Lord. May we respond to you calling our names. Heavenly Father, we give ourselves to you. In your name, amen.